Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. I got to tell you, I am super pumped about today's guest because she's doing some pretty cool stuff. And I can't wait for you to hear her story and hear what she's doing. Before I jump into that, though, you know, I want you to think about a service and a product that I've been talking about for months on my show. And it is Canopy Connect. Canopy Connect is a one-click solution for getting those deck pages that you need to get a quote. It's that simple. Click a button, get deck pages within like 90 seconds. And you've got all the information you need to quote your prospect. It's pretty incredible. And it's revolutionary. And it's changing the game for so many agencies that listen to my show. I was talking to Tolga the other day. And we were just sharing stories about all the agents that have reached out to him because of the show. And it's humbling to know that you guys are listening and you want to be a part of it. But also, guys, if you haven't, reach out. Get involved. Do it. Use Canopy.com. Or you can use my code, which is app.usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Get a discount, schedule a demo, all that good stuff. Anyhow, today, 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 I'm super excited. I got Kim Angeli on my show today. She is a Nextdoor app expert. She is a keynote speaker. She is an author. She is all things cool. <laughs> um, she also... Uh, is an insurance professional and the fact that she used to, to own an agency. She was doing, you know, remote agency, virtual agency back before anybody else that I knew was. And um, she started a company called Grateful Box, you know, five, six years ago. And that is something that's super cool. I, I just could keep going on and on. I think this girl is super awesome and you're going to love her too. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my homegirl, Kim Angeli. Kim Angeli. Angeli? Angeli. Angeli. So I got it right. Kim Angeli, how are you doing? Good. Awesome. Uh, how's your day going? Awesome, as always, by choice. By choice. Okay, well, good. Uh, I like to hear that. I like a, a positive person, optimistic. I like that. Um, Talk to me. Uh, you and I had a great conversation not too long ago. I got to thank um, Chris Paradiso. I got to thank uh, Mike Strom. So different people that introduced me to you, so to speak. So I appreciate that. I've gotten to know you a little bit in our conversations, but why don't we take a walk down memory lane? Let's talk about you. Uh, introduce yourself to my audience and uh, go from there. Well, I'm Kim Angeli, and um, currently I am the CEO and founder of Grateful Box. But I used to be an insurance agent. <laughs> I used to be what your audience is today. Um, All I, right. I sold my practice five years ago. Um, and so I literally navigated that journey for 15 years. And I was a PNC insurance agency. And I did a niche of homeowners associations. So those agents out there that hate to read governing documents and bylaws to write a policy. Uh, I love it. I love to read documents like that. So I did that and I focused on homeowners associations. And then I sold the place to a rock star who took it to the next level and he stays in that niche and he owns it. And I can't, I, I was, I was prompted to leave that industry to inspire grateful living around the world. And I predominantly coach business owners on how to grow revenue with gratitude and stop neglecting their customers. 
looking for new ones. And then I also teach next door business. Um, so I love the journey I'm on. I would do it if I won the lottery. Yes, I do charge for my services, but I love, love, love helping business owners become better and work smart, not hard and use tools that serve them. And, and because they don't know, right. They don't know what they don't know. You're hundred percent correct. Um, I love your story because there's several things that jump out at me and, um, my citizens know, I like to dive into some of this a little bit. Hit me on this uh, HOA thing. You know, how does one stumble into a niche in HOAs other than you like reading boring documents? <laughs> well, I sat down. So in my initial journey of insurance, I was laid off from Cisco Systems. So I'll take you back to April 29th of 2001 when I was laid off from Cisco Systems making, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year as a 29-year-old. And then we had the dot-com bust and then we had 9-11. So 11 days after 9-11, I started my insurance agency from scratch with my um, severance package from Cisco Systems. And I did life insurance. I did home and auto and those seemed pretty, I mean, it, they were challenging, but they didn't really like, they didn't like, Whoa, I can't wait to write those lines of business. And so I stumbled upon homeowners associations, people, my dad was writing some because he had an agency. I had my agency. We weren't working together yet. And I was like, this is fascinating. And I really like complex things because I like a challenge. You can ask my husband. And um, so I was like, huh, you know, dermatologists make more money than general practitioners. I knew that. I've known that for a very long time. And I said, you know, what is this pond of fish, right? Like I tell clients, I'm like, where are the people you're looking for? Where, where are those fish in the pond? Like you're on Facebook and the people you're trying to get to aren't on Facebook. Or I was talking to an insurance agent yesterday and he was like worried about LinkedIn. I said, the people you're looking for aren't on LinkedIn. Like you're looking in the wrong places. So I literally looked at how many, what was the opportunity there and what insurance companies like to write homeowners associations? Because let me tell you, if you like to write dance studios, but insurance companies don't want to have a program for that, that's a hard sell, right? Like I could want to write dance studios all day long, or I could want to write jungle gyms all day long or ice skating rinks. But if Travelers or Zurich doesn't want to insure that, it's not fun. So we so really you, developed a program for that niche. So did you start with the company and the carrier first? Yes. Or did you start because with, okay. It, you know what, Heath? It doesn't matter what Kim likes to write. If the insurance company won't place the business, I may as well go outside and scream out the window, right? Because I would, I went, I went to Aon and took a DNO product. They like to write a standalone DNO product. And then I said, okay, who wants to write a habitational? What do you want to write it for? At the time it was Harleysville. We created a program with them where I could literally, I wrote it out on a napkin. Like I could rate it on a napkin. We pretty much developed the program, but we had to buy in from the company before I could develop the program. Right. Because if Travelers or Zurich or Liberty Mutual doesn't want to write it, what are you going to, you're not going to make any money with a program. Nobody wants to write. So you go to the carrier first and say, you know, what do you like to write? And then you can design a niche around it and kind of own the niche. And when you become the go-to person in that niche is like taking candy from a baby all day long, you become the go-to person. And I remember the epiphany of my kind of at the top of my game, which I hang out with Tony Robbins. I'm a business mastery graduate. Wow. Tony I, Robbins, the Tony Robbins, the Tony Robbins. I hung out with him for five days right after I sold the agency. It's called Business Mastery. I'm a graduate right. of that program. It happens in 
what used to happen at West Palm. So I'm sorry for those of you taking it now via Zoom. It's not the same experience, but that's okay. Um, and he literally said, you know, the best time to sell a company is when you're at the top of your game and you're the most passionate because I felt my passion for that, what I had created dwindling. So I was at the top of my game in 2015. I spoke at the conference for the association that supported homeowners associations or community associations, right? They're community managers. They're not property managers. They're community managers. See, and when you talk their language, you know, you don't go to a community manager and say, oh, you're a property manager. Oh, no, 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 no. They run communities. They don't run property. That's a realtor with a license who rents things. So when you get indoctrinated in what their world looks like and you solve to the gap, what keeps them up at night? I'd say to my community management company owner, so John, what keeps you up at night? How can I help you solve that sleepless night with insurance or your staff or your operations? Like, where can I help you outside of insurance? I was sitting at the conference and one of my managers, management company owner turned to me and she said, well, you know how they are, Kim? You know how those board meetings are? And I said, Karen, I do the insurance. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, I forget you're not a community manager. See, in that moment, I was a partner in her world, not some vendor who was trying to sell her something. And that is a beautiful place to live because well, that's also partnering with them instead of just, they don't see you as, oh, here comes the insurance girl. You know, you can clean a room. I can clear a room by saying I'm an insurance agent, right? Nobody wants to talk about insurance. But when you partner with your client and you build the relationship deep, not wide, and you solve to the gap in their life, in their business, not just insurance. People will seek you out and they'll never talk about price. Never. I was about to say, didn't you take out the pricing is not an option. There's not an issue. You know, the competing with other agents is not an issue. All of that kind of stuff becomes obsolete because you're now they, one of them. Because you're one of them. When you learn the language of your, who you're serving, when you take away this, okay, I'm going to always keep this up here. When you take away, I'm only here for the money. Right, I'm only here to get the money out of your pocket. And you serve the person at your highest level across from the table from you. And then suddenly they're on the same side. They feel like you're on the same side of the table. You're the trusted advisor. You're the advocate for them, right? Because let me tell you, I have literally, and Mike Stromso will tell you this, when you have an agent as an advocate, and let's say you have a claim or you have some questions about insurance and you want to navigate that journey. Um, let me tell you something. All my clients had this, had their, my phone number in their cell phone because I would have never sent them to a 1-800 number and said, you know, I don't do that for you. That was my job. My job was to be their trusted advisor in navigating the insurance journey. And these, and these insurance agents that only mail the policy out once a year, they don't call their customers. They don't make gratitude calls. We sent 1,700 birthday cards a year. Our top clients got a gift attached to it. We did life with them. We weren't just their insurance agent. That's a different life than just mailing out a policy and you hope they renew. You hope they renew, but you have no relationship with them. Yeah, you're exactly right. And one of the things that, that I think is fascinating going back to through your career, um, is it true you and I talked about this? You were a virtual agency back in like 07 before being a virtual agent was cool. You were that girl. You started your agency from being virtual, correct? Like you've always been virtual. So in 2000, so you have to consider my background. I helped launch mobile phones into the world in 1996. 
So I knew these phones right here would change the world, right? But I'll take you back to, we were paying for long distance and we were paying for local telecom. Remember? Remember when we paid for long distance? I have letters oh, yeah. to my grandmother sure to say, do you need me to send you some money so you can call me on the phone? And I'm thinking, what? Like, so I, I bag phones, mobile phones is where I met my husband. Then I went to work for Cisco Systems and I managed the Sprint account. So I really, I am an early adopter of technology. I see what technology is going to do for people way before they can see it, right? And insurance agents are intrinsically late adopters of technology. And here I found myself this early adopter of technology going in 2001, where's everything online? So in 2007, I virtualized our agency into the cloud. I, I implemented Citrix in VMware and we lost power one day because of an earthquake. And I sent everybody home and our phones were voice over IP. I can manage them from my phone. I can manage the phones from my desktop in 2007. And I would talk to peers in my world and I'd say, oh, I put my agency in the cloud. And they're like, what? What is the cloud? And I'm like, oh, it's okay. You'll know what that means in 2017. Because there are agencies right now because of COVID who if they had had that strategy in place, they would have never missed a beat. Yet they didn't embrace technology to serve the client at their highest level. And so, and so I think that's brilliant that you were able to do that. And so that's been a, you know, a catalyst in a in a important part of your career all the way back from, you know, when you left Cisco to come over here. And so moving forward and navigating your career throughout, uh, did you think, uh, or do you think that helped you to, to win some accounts you may not have before or get in situations you may not have before because you were able to be nimble and be able to be agile and able to move in certain ways because you were a digital and virtual agency? Um, it helped tremendously because the at the end of the day, Heath, it's the customer experience that matters. Your Amen. customer really does not care about you. I mean, I know you think they love you. And if you walked away, they'd be like, oh, so sad, which I had an epiphany about that when I sold the agency. December of 2015, when I went to sell the company, I was like get, having my pity party about, oh my gosh, I'm going to go inspire gratitude into the world. And I'm leaving all these people you know, they've been my customers, some of them for 15 years. You know, they're going to miss me desperately. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did I get the shock of my life when I could tell them I sold the place in, tw in 2016. So, in, so I sold the company in tw January of 2016. I could call my top clients and say, hey, I just want to let you know. I've sold the company to Andrew. Um, you know, I just wanted to let you know, personally, I call my top relationships. I ain't called 1700 people, but I call my top relationships. I knew who they were. I had their phone numbers. They're still in my phone today. And here was most of the responses. This is what social, this is what I discuss with business owners all the time who don't want to learn how to work on the business. They want to, they want to work in it, right? And they can't get past working on it. They want to do the day-to-day -day operations of it all the time because they feel like they're attached to that customer. This is what most of my clients said to me when I said I sold the place. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So is Andrew going to respond to me like you do? What's his phone number? Now tell him he doesn't have to send me a birthday card like you do, but it's neat, but he could, but it, are my rates going to go up? Those are the questions I had. Do you know how many of them have called me or sent me a fruit basket after I sold the company? I have two people, two, two customers that I'm still friends with. <laughs> Because if their customer experience is the same, if they call Kim or call Heath, they don't care. They want their right. problems solved. You're there to solve problems. And so when I was nimble and the phone still rang and they still got a response and we still had a receptionist, 
And we called them back because we had technology. We were using it to scale. That's what technology is for, to scale. Right. The customer experience was never at risk. See, this is what I used to tell my insurance agent employees, my, my, the people that worked with me. I never wanted to feel like I was a boss. We kind of worked together. Right. I said, you know, A, our customers should never be calling us about a claim and where we are with it. We should be over communicating. We should be following up and we should know who actually generates the biggest revenue in this organization. So my, my account managers who did the day-to-day at a car or at a whatever, change, change a location, they knew the top clients in the agency, right? Because it's important. Do you think American Express knows the difference between my American Express bill and um, Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happens when Tony Robbins calls in with his black platinum American Express? Do you do you think like little bells go off and they say Tony Robbins is calling, right? Because I'm pretty sure Tony Robbins bills out way more on his American Express than Kim Angeli, right? Right. So there has to be some authentically, you have to know who's paying the agency's overhead. Because I would say to them, you know, it is the customer experience for this list of people is super important because they pay our paychecks, your paycheck, they pay your paycheck. You know, I replaced myself with six people in my agency. I did all those roles and eventually I had employees and I said, this is why we need to build a relationship, know who's calling and wow them and wow them at every level at the customer experience. See, people will pay more for an experience and concierge. They will pay more to know that Kim Angeli, if their house burned down or their condominium burned down, they're not calling a 1-800 number. They're calling the cell phone number that I've had for 19 years. That's different. They will pay to play for that kind of... Why do you think Ritz Carlton doesn't advertise? I've never seen a Maserati advertisement when I'm watching a TV show. They don't have to because they give the customer experiences everything. Customer service is what they paid for. You mail the policy in the mail. You doing the changes you need to make. But when you wow them at the customer experience level, you will never look for referrals. You will keep your clients and they will bring you amazing clients because they're raving fans. And so with raving fans, one of the things that, that we've talked about and you've mentioned is the grateful box. Was that something, you know, early on, I know in all the training that I've had, and I've talked to another friend of ours um, that, you know, was early guest on my show that talked about sending thank you notes and sending out, you know, I got brownies from you, which my wife ate both of them and loved them. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I love your she wife. She said that she loved them. So, Anyway, but I've gotten that from you. Um, Stacey Brown Randall, you know, same thing. You know, some of the people that I've talked to, um, you know, they have that in them. Was that something that you've always done from 07 or whenever you first started? Or is that something you kind of learned as you went along? And what all did you do? Okay, and what was your process on that from the time they wrote a policy, they got something or renewal or how many times throughout a year would you touch your customers with, you know, uh, that grateful attitude that you had? So actually he, you know, hindsight's always 2020. And um, I've always done this at some level because right? of my mother. Okay. Uh, my mother and father. So I grew up around entrepreneurs. No one I grew up with worked for anyone. I grew up in a cocktail party on the back of a yacht with a bunch of entrepreneurs and they all own their own businesses. Right. My parents owned an independent agency my entire life, but my mother worked for New York Life. And even right out of like whatever school she went to, she ran an agency for eight guys. 
And she was telling me last this Thanksgiving that she literally, for these eight agency owners, she went to a chocolatier in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they would hand make the chocolate and mail every customer in this agency a birthday chocolate every year in the 60s, late 60s. So I learned a lot of this. I managed my mother's birthday cards as a 12-year-old. So at New York Life, they're taught birthdays and calendars, you know, the touch points. You have these sticky touch points in gratitude with the customer past the life insurance policy. So I literally just took the basics of what my mother has taught me and what I have done in my own journey. And now I just do it at a Jumanji level, right? And so what happens is it's just a process. It's saying, who are your top customers in your agency? Who are the customers? You can pull a report in applied systems. It's a revenue report. Who is driving the most revenue in your agency and what is their name? And and how have you touched them outside the policy transaction? See, what happens is, let's say that you I buy insurance from Heath. Think about that process. There's a lot of back and forth, right? It's like dating. You know, you're talking to them. There's a lot of engagement. Then the policy is issued. And then there's this silence, right? Yeah. And then your agent disappears. Oh, yeah. The agent disappears. And then you don't hear from them. Yep. Every month you're getting the bill, right? So what happened with me is so here's just a simple process I started with, but it had so much impact is at new or renewal, 45 days after the renewal or the new business was issued, when the silence was happening, not right after we pulled the mu- we pulled the report the month after they got a thank you for joining our agency card right just a, just a thank you note and then they had a then they get a birthday card then they get a call out you know like a gratitude call we've even sent ice cream trucks to our top customers as an employee in it as an employee appreciation event on their behalf and oh, that's, that's cool. I, I that was an epiphany for me he that is going in the book it's never too late to appreciate so here's how that story went so it was a really big builder that my rockstar sales guy who bought my company Andrew brought on and but I would make I believe in triangular relationship building. I think that, you know, there should be more than one contact in the agency building the relationship, right? Because if it's just singular and something happens to me, then nobody, and I've seen that work against people before. Like, you know, nobody knows the customer, but the agent that wrote the business, right? I believe that the account manager to the, you know, other people in the agency to the assistant should have the relationship. So I called up um, this client and I said, Hey, it's Kim. I was just, you know, calling out to tell you how much a gratitude call, how much we appreciate you. We just love working with you, Dawn. You're amazing. And as a thank you, I love to send ice cream trucks. And I know you have about 35 employees and my ice cream truck guy has three Fridays in June open. I had already determined that in advance. And I said, um, I would love to send the ice cream truck out there. Now, you know, I live in Charlotte, which was three hours away from my agency. I didn't go, but once a month to my agency, the last three years I owned it. And so I said, so Andrew will come, we'll pay for the ice cream truck and you just invite your employees and their family and we'll pay for all the ice cream. And it's just an appreciation gift for you doing business with us because we really, really enjoy working with you. And he, there was dead silence on the other end of the phone. And I was like, are you there? Yeah. She's like, I have never in my 17 years of owning a business had anybody think enough about me to do something that thoughtful. Now you got a raving fan. Huh? Now you got a raving fan. Now you've got someone that's not going anywhere. 
No, because we're making her look like a rock star. And then her husband was in the hospital. We sent an edible arrangement. Like we celebrated life events with our customers. It's a, it's a culture. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset, right? Right. No, I'm with you. And so that, that led you to starting your own company, Grateful Box. Is that I was what led into this work. To, Say what? I was led into this work. I was moved to Charlotte in 2013 okay. um, because of my husband's work. He does private equity and he's okay. not ever going to be a stay-at-home dad. So I pretty much, you know, I said, I'll, so I moved away from my agency, yet I still owned it. it and, and it did two things for me. It showed me how I didn't need to show up every day for it to run. That was quite the epiphany because I moved here in 2013 and I sold it at the beginning of 2016. And I only went once a month. I had set it up where it ran without Kim there. And let me tell you, that is a beautiful place to be. Oh, yeah. Working and that is set up, that was set up by processes, procedures, or just good hirings, or, you know. It all you... starts with good hiring. So I hired a yeah. rock star salesperson okay. in 2010, who I, at the moment, never knew um, he would end up owning the place. Um, I went to BNI strategically looking for a salesperson. Now, I didn't tell the people at BNI when I got there, hey, by the way, I'm looking for a salesperson. Because what I know to be true is you look for people to work for you outside of the interview process, right? So I'm going to observe BNI people and their personality outside of Kim's hiring. Yeah. And then I'm going to maybe announce a month or two after I've been at BNI and saying, oh, by the way, I'm looking for a salesperson. And Andrew had no insurance experience because I believe that insurance can be taught, but attitudes, your attitude makes the difference. So he's a rock star yeah, attitude. Get it done, show up. I said, dude, you don't know anything about insurance, but I can teach you that. I said, I can't teach, change your attitude. So he had all the attitude he needed. And what happened was I said, you know, and I'm looking to hire rock stars in the agency to help us write business. Well, what does he do? He brought the rock star account manager I'd always been looking for and another rock star account manager. They're all friends, right? Because birds of a feather hang out together and people that get it done, hang out with people that get it done. <laughs> and that changes that changes your culture from day one when he brings oh, his yeah. friends on. Oh, absolutely. They all get along. They're all they're a family. Still there. They're still yeah. there. Still to this day. I just referred him a piece of business last week. I still refer business into the agency. And Carol is still there. She's still a rock star. She got back to me. She didn't miss a beat. She responded quickly. Got me what I needed. Next. That's that's people that show up in life well. Heath, they hang out with people that show up in life well, right? My husband loves to ask this question. He's an HR guy for 27 years. Who's your best friend? And explain them to me. What do they do? Because who you hang out with, you are the five people you hang out with, whether you like that answer or not. But look around. If you hang out with people that don't show up and don't get stuff done and they're not successful, you tend to become the people you hang out with. So I love to hire people that want to bring their friends. Look at Adam Sandler. I love to tell this story. Nobody understands this. Adam Sandler is one of my favorite celebrities. Look at his movies. And who's in them all the time? It's always the same people. It's his best friends. Oh, yeah. And I love because it. Because you're going to do a movie. You may as well hang out with your friends. You're exactly right. And I love that about him. And I listen. I'm a big sports talk radio guy. And I listen to Dan Patrick's show all oh, the yeah. time. Yeah. And Dan Patrick has now worked his way into some cameo role in every one of his movies. And I get to 
I get to hear, you know, he brings Adam Sandler on a lot on his show to talk about, you know, the latest movies coming out and what he's doing. And, you know, it's pretty cool. You're right. And I love that about Adam. Not to interrupt you, but you go ahead. But you know what's funny is if you could get Dan Patrick on an interview and ask Dan, see, Adam Sandler doesn't need any more friends, right? But I bet Dan Patrick was very intentional to build a relationship with Adam to get into that world. Oh, yeah. You know he was. He had to have been. Yeah. It just goes oh, back to the power of relationships. It's the it power of back. proximity yep. and the power of relationships. And why yes. a lot of people don't want to build relationships is because it takes a lot more questions. It takes wanting to know about your customer, wanting to be interested in their business. This is a question I love to ask my business owners. And I did this. I will put it in the insurance spin since that's your your audience. So every January, I went and I would meet with my top clients eh? because I knew who they were. And I would say, hey, how can I help you beyond insurance? What keeps you up at night about your organization? You know, I have an eclectic background of telephony, Cisco systems. You know, I train people on how to send emails professionally, etiquettely, you know, all that's like... Like where else can I fill in the gaps with for you beyond insurance? And do you know that I've helped some business owners of mine that were clients of mine? I did a whole entire operations. Like we we decided that his and his managers weren't really as um, they they cared about insurance, but if a homeowner was calling them about something in the like somebody's dog pooping on the yard, that took priority over insurance. Well, we know if a $51 million condominium burns to the ground without insurance, who's going to be on the news? You know, the guy who runs the management company, not the community manager. You're exactly right. So I said, where can we fill in the gap where there's a check and balance with this process so that you feel comfortable at night that that's not going to happen? You know, I can't say it's not going to ever happen, but that you have someone you trust checking behind the manager. So we developed an entire process. So I became more of a trusted advisor in whatever gaps I could fill for the customer. And literally one of my other clients who I did have a couple of commercial clients from my beginnings of insurance. Yeah. He was a commercial builder and he only built daycares. And I literally helped him create that niche in the marketplace when 2008 came because 2008, everything was a clean slate, right? For builders. And I said, what do you like to do? He's like, well, I love to build daycares. I said, well, be the go-to person for daycares. Be the guy they seek out for daycares. Bingo. Two daycares, $1.4 million each to build as a referral source from his insurance agent. Oh my gosh. I could call that guy right now. He'd say, do you need something? Is there? Exactly. (laughs) Again, power relationships, power proximity. And through that, you know, transitioning from that, talk to me, you know, going back into the power proximity. Tell me a little bit about your journey with the Nextdoor app and where that came from. And, you know, I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> I think this could be something that could revolutionize. Listeners, turn up the volume and listen for a minute because I think Kim's going to blow your mind here for a minute. Talk to me about Nextdoor, what you're doing and what you're teaching insurance agents. Tell me the whole story on that for a minute. So because I like early adoption of technology and I love technology, I will, I'll be the 80 year old with the newest, latest and greatest, like whatever it is. Um, So I went to a board meeting around 2011, 2012 and a board meeting, meaning, you know, they manage your homeowners association. For those of you that live in a homeowners association, you know, they're like your governing body of the community. And so I went there to talk to them about their insurance. And we just got in conversation. I said, well, you know, tell me what's happening in your community. And they're like, oh, well, we're not going to be on Facebook anymore to, you know, engage with our homeowners. 
we're going to use Nextdoor. And I was like, what? What is Nextdoor? And they're like, oh, it's this app that connects neighborhoods around the country. And you can, you know, you can, it's just your neighborhood. Like it's not Facebook. And I was like, that's fascinating. So of course I went home and I logged into Nextdoor and set up an account personally. And I started using it because it was doing what I was doing is my focus was neighborhood communities. And so this digital app was going to connect communities. So there was a lot of like parallelism here that I was interested in. So I have no fear. My mother says I was probably born with no fear. So in 2014, I called up next door <laughs> and I said, that's when they had a phone number. And I said, Hey, will y'all get on a conference call with me? Cause I want to understand how you're going to monetize this platform and what you're going to do with it. And so they got on a conference call with me in 2014 when they were super small and this was at a point in Nextdoor's life in 2014 when they were like, remember MySpace versus Facebook? Oh yeah, sure do. Okay, well, so clearly Facebook won out over MySpace. So this was in a place where if Nextdoor had any competition, I didn't know what it was, but if they did, maybe they weren't going to win the neighborhood community connection app. Um, they were really new and just wet behind the ears. Their company was only four or five years old. So I could get them on the phone and they're like, oh, well, we're going to get all the people on the platform, all the neighbors and connect all the neighborhoods. And then we're going to let businesses advertise, push advertising to the neighbors who have logged in and created an account. I was like, oh, they're like, we're not going to sell the data like Facebook. We're going to we're gonna monetize it by our advertisers advertising to the group through push, but we're not going to sell the data of the neighbors like Facebook does. Because, you know, we're the consumer for Facebook. They sell our data and that's how they make money, right? And I was like, oh, they were like, because we want to keep it as a private network. We want it to be trusted. And that just, I was like, ooh, trusted, community, neighbors. And so I just kept studying it. And then one day, um, yeah, I, I when I find a gap, I solve to the gap. So if I can teach somebody something that helps to add value, I just take it and run with it and create it. So I was at a network meeting and Nextdoor is very, um, it was very interesting to me how it was working. And I knew that people could advertise and get their business in front of local future customers. Um, but you couldn't really advertise at that moment. You can do it now, but you can't advertise. Your raving fans actually had to promote you. So it was very polar opposite of Facebook, but I understand how it works. See, because God gave me the way, this is the brain God gave me. Gives Kim something totally, totally complex and she can dumb it down to a fifth grade level. Like I have, I could literally explain insurance or high-tech technology in like a fifth grade level, like really, really super simple. So I had some, so I had somebody come up to me and they're like, we hear you, you understand Nextdoor and how Nextdoor works and how we can get more, you know, traction with our raving fans promoting us on Nextdoor. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we want to pay you. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. When you can get this dollar out of someone's hand, you're like, huh, this is fascinating. And so they were like, and we also <laughs> want to learn how the HOA world works and how to navigate that for our business. And how do we get into that HOA association and become like a go-to person for our industry? So this company paid me $1,500 a month to teach them HOAs and Nextdoor. That's awesome. <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, huh. So at this point, Nextdoor's advertising fees were about six figures a year to advertise on Nextdoor. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, you're leaving 30 million small business owners out of the equation because they're not going to pay 
a quarter of a million dollars a year to advertise on Nextdoor. So then I had this other guy find me on somehow like, well, we, well, we did a click funnel. You ever done one of those? So in 2017, we did a click funnel with our course online for Nextdoor. And this HVAC guy called me and said, you know, I pay Angie's list six figures a year for advertising. And I just, I really want to get on next door. Cause I, I know where that's where people are looking for services like HVAC insurance, realtors, plumbers, painters, all that kind of stuff. It's like the yellow pages of 2020. And it's in your backyard. Yeah, it's right. It's local, right? It's the people right. that are in your community doing services. It's not you like to, it's everywhere. You don't have to spend that time targeting your audience. Cause it's already done for you. It's already there. It's already there. It's brilliant. Go ahead. And so he said, well, I'm really interested in you teaching my staff how this works. Because at the time, um, he he wasn't going to pay those six figures for advertising. So I said, okay, sure. I said, you know, for $1,500, I'll get on a call with your staff. I'll go through it with them in a couple of sessions. And we'll get them up and running on Nextdoor. And um, that sounds awesome. And I said, now, what does this do for you when we can eliminate, you know, Angie's list? And he's like, um, $116,000 a year I can eliminate from my marketing budget. I was like, what? That's who he's paying Angie's list. Because today, two years ago, so Angie's list actually advertises on Nextdoor now. And what they do is they get the lead from Nextdoor, Home Advisor and Angie's list, same company. If you didn't know that, owned by the same company now. They get the lead off next door and then they turn around and sell it for $25 to $60 a lead to the plumber, the painter, the grout smith maker, whomever's buying them. And they could have gone and set up their own page on next door and gotten that organically from raving fans. Now that's- Wow, I, didn't, I did not know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. So it's crazy. Wow. And so you got involved there. You got people paying you for it now. And we have a course online because there's not enough me to scale, to teach, right? So we have a course online. We have group coaching. I have one-to-one coaching, which is by invite only, you know, one, one-to-one. And um, so I can, I have a client right now that did the gratitude and next door training with me last year with the staff. And he took a two week, I think he had a, like a two week kind of slowdown during COVID. He's on a three month wait with his services until February. Wow. Next door and gratitude. Now next door alone will not get you to a three month wait. Next but you door pair it together. gratitude method will get you to a three month wait. People cannot go claim their page. If they have no strategy, don't waste your time. So, it's the mixture of how I how I've taken like peanut butter and jelly is like next door and gratitude. And when you marry those together, you have massive success. If you just go claim That's your right. page next door, you won't have as much. Okay. So without giving away all your secrets, can you give my audience, you know, two or three things that they could do right now to improve on next door if they don't first of all, if you don't have a next door page, get one. Right. But number well, two. What's some ideas you could give people? Well, the fir- this is the first thing I'm going to say, Heath. Okay. Because I had a customer um, buy a Nextdoor audit from me. I'll, ne- I'll audit a Nextdoor page. If somebody's already set it up and they're like, did I do this right? I will audit the Nextdoor page, right? So he found me online and I audited his Nextdoor page. But after some conversation, actually his ideal client is not on Nextdoor. So the first thing I'm going to tell you as an insurance agent is who is your ideal customer? And where do they hang out? There are tons of people that call me. I have financial planners that call me. I have insurance agents that call me. I have realtors that call me. And they'll say, I want to get on Nextdoor. And you know what I say? Why? And they're saying, right. this, is what they, this is what they say. 
don't you sell next door programs? And I say, well, not to people who don't need it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't sell insurance. You didn't need either. Like, I mean, I'm not that person. I've never been that person to sell someone something they don't need. Now, if you really, really want it, I'll sell it to you. But you have to define where is your ideal client hanging out? This is a, this is an answer that really I get on my soapbox about because I'll ask someone, so who's your ideal client? Anybody who needs insurance? Well, I don't know how to find those people. I need a niche. I need a, who are you looking for? Because it's hard for me to refer you if I don't know you're looking for used car dealerships or homeowners associations or dentists or doctors, because I'm telling you in your book of business, there's a thread, a thread that runs through it of a commonality and you've never looked at it. There's a similarity in your book that you could carve a niche out of. And so if you're Nextdoor is a B to C platform. So it's really for people who want to sell, you know, like home and auto. If you're a commercial agent, Nextdoor is not your platform. You need to find out where your commercial ideal client is hanging out and go there and and serve them. And so that's great advice. Number one. So if you're listening to this and you're a commercial agent, maybe Nextdoor is not for you. Right. Um, But um, you know, that's good advice, number one. But let's just assume that XYZ agency out there listening to Insurance Town, um, you know, they they are personal lines agency. They focus on home and auto. They may even focus on, you know, a, a niche that is really strong for a next door app. Well, like Medicare SUP, right? Medicare SUP. Medicare we we SUP. go there too, or home and auto. What's Life some advice insurance? you would give? Right. So the... I want them to think about Nextdoor as where people are seeking services. And this is what happened during COVID. If Nextdoor wasn't well known before COVID, by design, it became known during COVID because people went to seek out what restaurants were open, what toilet, where toilet paper was, where paper towels are, what, what lockdowns we were on, like that's where they went. And that's why Nextdoor had a surge of people getting on the platform to have conversation. And we know when habits change, they don't go back to where they were. So those conversations that might've been happening on Facebook are now happening on Nextdoor. And so now if I pulled up Nextdoor, Geico, they advertise, Whole Foods, they advertise. My, um, I pulled up my own healthcare provider, the biggest hospital in our area, advertisement on Nextdoor yesterday. So you're no different. Your agency is no different in the branding and the seeding of that branding can be done through Nextdoor in a very concentrated, I'm going to say it once and twice, location-based advertising, right? So I've been doing some posts from a client's page and it went to 12,000 people in a three-mile radius from their place of business. We did it in August, September, October, November, December. Well, we've got one more to do in December. And she's getting word of mouth referrals like crazy because that's where word of mouth referrals come because neighbors trust neighbors. So if my neighbor, Barbara, says that her insurance agent is a rock star and I'm on next door and I say, ooh, 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 Barbara says her neighbor is it her insurance agent is a rock star and I know Barbara, that recommendation holds way more water in my mind because Barbara, I know Barbara for seven years. Then a Google review from John Smith, I don't know who John Smith is. He could be fake. So the reviews and recommendations on Nextdoor are highly trusted versus, you know, Google. Because they're already, they're already validated. 
and they're already, you know, they're your friends, your neighbors that you had a cookout with last week, or you mowed his yard when he was out of town, or he checked your mail when you were in Vegas, or whatever it may have been. You know, I think that's brilliant. Um, and I'm glad well, that you found that. I not Just, I, I like to no, describe no, go. as old as you and me, or as old as I am. It's like the yellow pages, but with recommendations. Right. So if I was looking for a service in 1997 before Google, where would I have gone? Yellow pages. Some through the yellow pages. And look for the one with the colorful, you look for the colorful ad or the biggest ad or something that stood out to you. And I think it's funny going back to yellow pages. How many, how many companies tried to start their name with an A or put ABC in front so you get to the top of the phone book, which I think is funny. You'd have, you know, A1 insurance agency or ABC insurance. So not to get off track, but yes, you would go to the phone book. You would go to the phone book. So now next door is like that directory with a little added 2020 touch. It has recommendations from people, you know, and they're right. heart. So if I go to the next door directory and, and, and look up insurance, right. My client Rob Delavega pops up who does Medicare supplement and he has 40 hearts in my neighborhood and the guy under him has two hearts. Who am I going to call? I'm going to call the guy with 40 hearts. Cause that means at least 40 people loved him enough to give him a recommendation. And half the time right. the person underneath him hasn't claimed their page. There's no picture. There's no branding. They are not even managing their reputation on Nextdoor. They don't even know You're people. Exactly right. So it's like the old yellow pages where people are seeking services for their home. 90% of them are women, which I know 90% of the women buy insurance. And 100% of the accounts are verified by an address. And even the businesses have to be verified. And so I cannot go into a Nextdoor I cannot create a fake business or a fake account. It's not possible. I've tried. I've tried to rework the system to make sure, you know, it's not smoke and mirrors. I can go create a fake business and a fake person on Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry. Facebook, not Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. I see what you did there. No, I like it. Trusted. They want to be, and I'll tell you, Nextdoor's mission is they want to be a trusted resource to commute, to connect communities and to get people to buy local Because see, I am on a mission that when you buy from the local agent, right? When you buy from that local agency that is doing life in your community, instead of buying it online from like lemonade.com, I'm on a mission that the independent agent is of so much value that people don't even realize it. That that person who has their local independent agent see in the community is buying buying locally, their kids go to the same school, they're sponsoring the league. They're sponsoring, you know, all that they're sponsoring things in the community. And when we don't have those people in place because we've all moved to buying it online or God bless America, Amazon started an insurance company. That's a dark day because when you have an agent in between yourself and the company, you and I both know that if that person is calling the company directory directly, there's some conversations that happen there where you're really advising your client, you know, do we... Do we, is, do we make that claim? Here's how we want to navigate this journey. But if you're calling travelers directly or Liberty Mutual directly, they're just taking notes. Oh yeah, well, oh, they almost had their house burned down and, but it's under the deductible. Like you have, right. they have the leverage. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and next is, there- is the conduit to have your brand out in the local marketplace for pennies of the dollar. I mean, 
it to how much do you think it would cost to reach 12,000 people a month mar- in marketing dollars? I, I have no idea. I haven't done it in so long. I don't know. You tell me. Well, I mean, if even if you did it with postcards, right? Right. 12,000 times you'd have to at least pay for postage is 4,200 a month times 12, 50,000 a year. Yeah. Always have so a tax I'm not good at math. Well, that other guy was paying 117 to Angie's list and that's oh, not even... So yeah, and and so you're saying for next door it would cost nothing or a fraction of that. Well, they give you 24 free ads a year, right? Two so it's two a month for free, right? Right. And there's some there's some hoops you have to jump through to get to the 24 free ads, but we know how to do all that. But what's interesting is I like to tell agents because in their mind they're like, well, I'm not like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not Chick Fil A, right? But you are, you're, 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 you are the Coca-Cola in your own little community and right. you, you can be the best insurance agent ever, but if you don't seed your brand and your name and stay top of mind out there in the community, guess what happens? Whoop, you're invisible. You do not. You're exactly mind. right. Why do you think Geico is streaming through that advertisement on Nextdoor? Because somebody's clicking and they're like, Ooh, I can get a quote. Well, I'd rather you get that business than Geico or an online insurance provider, right? Because I believe the local agent in the community, I mean, is so priceless. Where did he go? Where did he go? Oh, you're muted. Hey, I am here. Sorry, this is really great live recording. I uh, was trying to get this. I got beeped in. And so anyhow, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. I was listening to everything you were saying, uh, but I was trying to ignore somebody's call and it made me go away. Oh, that's but, fine. That's um, fine. But it's just no, that, um, you, that people know you exist, right? I always say you could be the best cupcake yep. maker, but if you don't have sales and marketing, yep. you're not going to sell cupcakes. No. Uh, and so I think that's brilliant what you're saying for people to marry what you're doing with Grateful Box or with Grateful with the next door, bringing those together. And, you know, I, I would love um, for my audience to be able to reach out to you if they wanted to, to learn more about this opportunity we'll do this in separate order than i normally do but would you share to give any contact information on that or a website or oh yeah absolutely um they can email me at kim k-i-m at gratefulbox.com and it's just g-r-a-t-e-f-u-l-b-o-x.com or they can go to kimangeli.com k-i-m-a-n-g-e-l-i.com and you can connect with me there on LinkedIn, Facebook, Nextdoor. Um, that's my kind of virtual business card I set up before COVID. Thank God. And um, you can actually even join our free. We have a private Facebook Nextdoor page um, where we bring business owners on there so they can at least watch my Understanding Nextdoor business video so they understand how Nextdoor actually works. It's a free video in that Facebook group. And then we're getting ready to launch Tiny Offers. And we have our online Party offers. Well, so have you ever bought a whole cake at the grocery store? Like uh, a whole yeah, cake? yeah. Okay. Sometimes you don't want the whole cake. You just want a piece of it. So I've discovered in this journey of training people is sometimes they've already claimed their page. So they don't want the whole course or they don't want private coaching, but they want to know about free ads. So we took the course, which is the whole cake, and we've sliced it all up. And so now we're going to have the pieces of the course you can buy individually if you just want that piece, if you say, well, I've already set up my next door page, but I want to know how to get more recommendations. So they just buy that little piece um, because I want to help business owners navigate things quickly and get them put in place and have them take action. And however they need it diced up, I will do it. I'm not 
you know, so people are like, oh, I don't want the whole course. I just want this piece. I'm like, okay, well then we'll make tiny offers. And so they can buy a piece of the pie and not the whole pie. It's fabulous. That is fabulous. I, I think that's awesome. Uh, so they can find you uh, and find all that KimAngeline.com or Kim at Grateful Box. Uh, they can, you know, find the private page. Uh, I appreciate you sharing all that. Uh, I'd give you, you know, a few more minutes here. What is there anything else that you want to share? Anything you want to talk to the audience about? I'll give you the floor. I'll hit mute. If there's anything you want to talk about for another two or three minutes before we head out, if not, we'll go ahead and end this sucker right now. The only word, my million dollar little um, challenge for you, I have for you in 2021. We also do free gratitude call scripts we have um, available as a link. I challenge you to reach out to your customers and your top relationships beyond the transaction. I encourage you to really, really pour into your old customers and quit neglecting them at the expense of new customers. Because you have people in your book of business that haven't heard from you in a while, and someone might come along and start throwing flowers and fruit baskets their way, and they're going to just go with them. So if you don't love on them, somebody will. I love that. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for hanging out with us in Insurance Town. We had a great time. I hope you did too. And uh, I know that uh, you've touched some people on this. So thank you so much. I appreciate everything. Thank you, Heath. You're amazing. No, that's you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us in the show today. I I really hope that the conversation that Kim and I had brought value to your day because we had such a good time doing it. Hey, you know, remember, we talked about this last week. I do want to start doing the insurance town hall meetings in 2021. If you're interested in that, reach out to me, Heath, at insurancetownpodcast.com. Today's show was recorded, edited and produced by my man Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. Go to GetReadySetPodcast.com or find him on LinkedIn or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. You can find him, Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you next week.